Will you pray with me? Oh God, we are so grateful for your grace and for your presence. As the anthem this morning said, you are our shepherd and you supply our needs. We pray that we would be ready to open our hearts and our needs to you and we pray that we would be open and ready to receive that which you provide. We pray, God, not just for ourselves, but for your church throughout the whole world, that everywhere people call on the name of Jesus, we might receive your loving care and share that care in your world. We pray for the leaders and the rulers of our world. We pray for everyone who makes decisions that affect so many others. God, may those decisions be made with wisdom and with grace for the good of all people. God, we pray for our President Joseph and for our Governor Roy and for all those who are elected and appointed to be our leaders. May we, together with them, work for our common good. We pray for this, our local community, God, for everybody who's working so hard to provide vaccines and tests for healthcare workers who have worked so long and so hard. May the ongoing decline in virus cases provide them a chance for good and healing rest. And may they know the gratitude of all of us, for the care they have provided. We pray for our schools, for the teachers and staff and students who are learning and teaching in such different and difficult circumstances. God, keep them safe. May they return to the classroom more fully with safety. God, we pray for each one of the concerns brought this morning for Kenny Johnston and Max Ledford, for Robin Binge and Joyce Allen, for Jennifer Curley Bridges, for Teresa, for continued health and strength for Butch Duckworth. And we pray especially this morning for Pat Rory as she nears the end of life in this world. May you receive her with your arms of grace into the world that is to come. God, we bring all these prayers and the prayers that we carry in our hearts and we offer them to you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Our scripture this morning comes from Mark chapter 6, beginning with verse 30. The apostles gathered around Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. He said to them, Come away to a deserted place all by yourselves and rest a while. For many were coming and going, and they had no leisure even to eat. 
and they went away in the boat to a deserted place by themselves. Now many saw them going and recognized them, and they hurried there on foot from all the towns and arrived ahead of them. As he went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion for them, because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. When it grew late, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, and the hour is now very late. Send them away so that they may go into the surrounding villages and buy something to eat. But he answered them, You give them something to eat. They said to him, Are we to go and buy two hundred denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, How many loaves do you have? Go and see. When they had found out, they said, Five and two fish. Then he ordered them to get all the people to sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven and blessed and broke the loaves and gave them to his disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all. And all ate and were filled and they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. Those who had eaten the loaves numbered 5,000 men. These are the word of God for God's people, and we say thanks be to God. So we've been moving our way through Mark's gospel, and we see that uh, Jesus and his disciples have been quite busy. And in a way that I might have thought a couple of chapters ago, they finally say out loud, they are worn out. They have been through a lot. They have had enough. And so Jesus invites them to come away and to rest. But it turns out that they are not the only ones that when they um, go away, there are still more people who want to be with Jesus. And there are still more people who need something and want something. And, you know, going through the year we've gone through and going through um, the experiences, you know, that we've gone through, I can so relate to the feelings of the disciples saying, we are done. Jesus, we're done. We're worn out. We're exhausted. And then the crowd arrives. And there has to have been at least one disciple who somewhere in their heart or mind said, are you kidding me? What are they doing here? And somebody, somebody thought, Jesus, please just send them away. Even before he greeted them and talked to them and taught them, and they finally said out loud, Jesus, can you please send these people away? 
And I think they were concerned about the people's chance to eat. But I also imagine that there was some sense of just, Jesus, can you please tell these people to go away? We are done. But Jesus' response to the crowd was compassion. Compassion for who they were and what they needed. Provision, feeding them, providing for their needs. And we belong to, um, so like church history, Methodists, we're kind of part of a broader group of Christians who have what gets called an activist tendency. So we come from a line of Christians who tend to look at the world around us and tend to look at the suffering and the crowds and the people who want Jesus. And our religious training, which is not bad, tells us we should do something about it. And that is a noble and important tendency. It also has a little bit of a problem because when you ask the question, what would Jesus do? Sometimes that question ignores the fact that we are not Jesus. We do not have the capacity of Jesus. We are not divine like Jesus. We, my friends, you can ask my family. They live with me. They know what it's like to live with me. We are not sinless and fully connected to God as Jesus was. We, we're not. So when we run our lives as if... There's all this need out there, and it's my job to keep giving and giving and giving and giving and giving because that's what Christians do, or that's how we show Jesus love. We're not Jesus. <laughs> and reading this story and especially thinking about just how tired, like when I talk to other, when I talk to my pastor friends, everybody's tired. It's like, the world's changed. We're trying really, really hard to be good to people and minister well in a way we've never done before. And it's hard. And we're tired. I talk to friends who are teachers. They're tired. Tired? Tired. Trying really hard. Giving it their very best. Serving well in a new situation that nobody trained them for. We're tired trying to be neighbors and friends, trying to keep up with your family members. Dang it, just trying to navigate going to the grocery store has gone from a normal, simple part of our routine to a major event with multiple safety protocols. And we're worn out. Here's the thing. <laughs> Sometimes we read this story and we imagine we're supposed to act like Jesus. Sometimes we read this story and we at least imagine we're supposed to be the disciples scuttling around and giving everybody bread. But y'all, there was a whole crowd of people who were hungry, who wanted to be in touch with Jesus, and who Jesus said, sit down, I'll give you something to eat. And so I just wonder... As we kind of move through this next phase of things and as things are starting to open up again and we're starting to have different invitations or different expectations, but we're also still trying to figure out how to recover from 
all that's happened. If we could be, if we could just be the guests, if we could allow ourselves to just receive what Jesus has to offer, if we could show up at the table <laughs> to be fed by Jesus, to be loved by Jesus, to be healed by Jesus, to be transformed in Jesus' presence. Because it's not our job to multiply the bread. It's not our job to supply the need. It's our job to enjoy it. It's our job to receive what Jesus offers to us, to rest in his goodness. And then that's the place from which we're able to share it. That's the place from which we can invite somebody else to Jesus' table. But if we get mixed up, if we think that we're Jesus, if we think that we have to always give and give and give and serve and serve and serve, we don't have it and we can't give it. So this morning as we, um, as we gather back together, as we feel those feelings of exhaustion, of grief for the people we've lost and the opportunities that we've lost and the things that we haven't had or done for all the Sundays we have not been here together. If we can um, come together and receive what Jesus offers us and it just give thanks for a moment of Jesus' healing presence.